Welcome to the Quantum Corner, where we explore practical quantum metaphysics and the positive application of universal laws. How exactly do we do this? Today, it will be through the inspiring words of our community spotlight guest. I'm your host, Cottonwood Stone. Today, I am honored to have with us singer-songwriter, teacher, and community shaman from Cleveland, Ohio, Christopher Reynolds. Chris's mission is to sing, to teach, and to heal the dream of peace on earth onward. Welcome, Chris, to the Quantum Corner. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Great to be here. I'm out walking around in Cleveland. Oh, nice. Very nice. I'm sitting here in my library. Enjoy the outside and I'll enjoy books for you. (laughs) Both are good. Yes. Both are very good. Yes. Well, you have... So much that you bring to the world. And I've known you for many years now. And every time that our paths meet, you bring something that's special and unique. And I don't even know how to really translate that to other people. When I have talked about you, I just say, well, you just need to go and see him and talk with him because there's energy that comes through your words in addition to the words that you share. Thank you. They warm my heart, and uh, there's still good ripples. When you so long ago, you came through doing your the peace project you were doing with the peace poles. Yes, you stopped in Strongsville, and so you're. I just have always appreciated your devotion to making beautiful a beautiful way in the world. So nice to. It's always good to catch up again. I'm going to share a little story here. Before we get into the topic, because this just popped in my mind. One of the times we were at a gathering in Ohio and I I asked you, this was before I went out with the peace polls. I said, hey, hey, Chris, can you give me some advice about how to do this, how to how to facilitate groups, how to do this kind of project? And you said, I want you to go out and do this program a hundred times. And then I want you to come back and ask me the same question. (laughs) And I said, well, by then I'll know what I'm doing. And you said, exactly. (laughs) I thought that's like a a teacher-ish thing to say. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know that you wanted a little guidance. So anyway, Uh, you, you still, you were awesome. I think it was okay. It, it was. It, it all, right. all turned out wonderful. So I just followed my heart. I just took a deep breath between each time I presented and just let it, the information flow through me. And every time it was perfect for the environment which I was in. Sounds like you. I've come a long way since the beginning days. <laughs> <laughs> As I looked at your website, there's so much there. There's one piece that jumped out to me. And that was when you talked about the near-death experiences and 
particularly your reference to people who committed suicide or attempted to commit suicide and, and come back. And I was wondering if you could talk with us a little bit about that today. Yes. The backstory of it is in 1976, I was in Norwalk, Ohio at St. Paul's High School and a teacher came who had been in a car crash. His name was Mike Hay. I became friends with him. And then in 1977, he began sharing what happened during his near-death experience. And he shared that. He was sharing it with the school. And he gave me Ray Moody's book, Life After Life. I didn't know it at the time, but that was the 1975 was when Ray Moody's book came out. That was a sea change in awareness of near-death experiences. And up before then, they were never even spoken of. And there's a doctor in, in 83, he was so surprised that how come so many people say they have these, but he's never heard a doctor talk about it. And so they started asking around. It turns out people were having them all the time. It's just they were afraid to talk. And uh, I realize now I'm on the, we're on the growing edge of a whole new awareness that's really I think almost on the planet didn't really start until 1975, at least in America. So I, I've been tracking that and I've been a student of it. And uh, so some years down the road, I'm always looking for stories. And I was invited, a, a friend of mine, you might, you know, Michael Olin hit, I think. I do. Yes. Yeah. So he was invited to go to a, a place where a woman hosts teachers and he wanted me to come and sing and be a part of it. I did. And in talking to her, her story was that in high school, she was just so sad. She just didn't even want to be here anymore. She just couldn't, she got to the point where it just was no longer possible. She didn't think she could make it. So she made her plan and took sleeping pills and laid down and she died and she left her body. And it's the same uh, quite often the same that people experience a place of pure love and light and acceptance. And so she's in that place and she gets welcomed and they say, well, what, what are you doing here? She says, well, I have all these problems. And they said, well, there's nothing wrong with you. She said, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> and they, and they, and the, the beings that she spoke to, usually you'll meet your relatives that loved you who are in the spirit world. And then there are teachers and guides and so they said no the the place where you live the people are so mean it's because they just don't know they're they don't know a lot and it's a hard place to live and it's never been you it's always you've always been fine and so she said so she thought about that and they said so do you want to go back and she was thinking about that because she wasn't really sure like I don't know man I don't know if I want to go back there, you know? And then she heard a knock on the door. It was her father checking on her. And in the spirit world, the conversations are tele it's just mind to mind. And so she said, she thought, oh, I, I would just feel so sad if my father found me dead. And I just, I don't want him to have a sad life. I'll, I'll go back. And so she remembers just taking a big breath. I've seen this a number of times. Like someone comes back in their body, they go, <gasps> Like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's back in the world, and she uh, 
just changed her whole life and devoted her life to trying to help uh, grow awareness and uh, be a be a part of the change to help the world not be so mean. Uh, this world is uh, this world is a beautiful place. If we, it's human beings that we make we make it hell here for each other. We don't need to make it hell here for each other. So no, we don't. That's how she. That's how she came to her where she was hosting it. So that's the first story. Is that you want both of them or just is that good right there? Yeah, I would like to hear both just to give a couple perspectives. Yeah, I'm glad to. The other story was uh, a fellow sat down with me who was grew up gay, but he was in a very just oppressive family and a very oppressive church that emphasized the eternal hellfire in the lake of hell. And uh, so he decided he's just going to do whatever he wants because he's going to go to hell anyway. Why, why does it even matter what he does? But anyway, it got too hard to live that way. He thought he would just drink himself to death one weekend. So he did it. He drank himself to death and he died. And then it was the same thing. He goes into that world and the spirits say, well, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> he said, I'm just that's so sad. And I'm, you know, and they said, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You're, you're fine. You're just a beautiful soul. He says, there's nothing wrong with me. And they said, no, the, the, where you live, the people are so mean and they, uh, they just don't know. And so we're so sorry that that's how it is. And he says, well, if there's nothing wrong with me. I'm going back. <laughs> so he just went back and he has, he's had a, I mean, I haven't seen him a lot since then, but he just had a wonderful life. He knows from experience that when you die, it's not like, it has been taught the last like 2000 years. <laughs> so since 1975, there's a new story that so many people are sharing. I guess I would like to say that since I'm with you, that if you're having a hard time, I just, evidence seems to show like you're fine. The people you live with are very mean. <laughs> and, uh, it's just because they don't know and uh, stay here and stay with us. Don't, don't leave. We need you here. I want to be able to help people. Yes, for sure. I know that you do. And and I feel like it's not enough. I feel like there's more that we could do. And maybe it could be like a, a ripple effect going out. So I hope so, yeah. Yes, people aren't afraid to talk about it. Or whatever it is that they feel that is unbearable. If they knew that, and could talk with people who also know that they can become aware that they have the choice. They don't have to stay in the unbearable situation, whatever that might be. Yes, that's true. And we were talking about it before that it's a thing that if you, everyone who takes the time to read, to read the near death experiences and to learn and spend some time hearing the stories and, Seek out people who have died and be with them. It, the, the stories seem to seep into you. They change you. So it's really a living. We're really in the midst of a, a, a kind of a spiritual renewal. And that's one of the ways that it's happening is through all this information. So, yes, that people would just read and talk. So there's a group, IANS, International Association of Near-Death Studies. It has a great website and does great work. And that would be a place that 
you could put in your I-A-N-G-S, yeah. Earlier when we talked, you had recommended a couple books also? Yes. Uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, her book called Life After Death. It's just a little thin book, but it's really excellent. And then Ken Ring and um, Elsesser, I think is their last name, a book called Lessons from the Light. And then there's another one. Um, it has a scary title, but it's a really good book. A Suicide, What Really Happens in the Afterlife by Climo, K-L-I-M-O, and Heath, H-E-A-T-H. And uh, they have, because one of them is a, can talk to the spirits, Ms. Heath, they've, they, you know, they've gathered a lot of data of information about what happens when you die if you take your life. And it's just comforting because across the board, through the whole, through all of it, the beings that left early, every one of them says, you know, when I got there, I realized, like, I, I wish, kind of, I wish I would have, I'm not beating myself up, but I just wish I would have stayed a little longer. And so it's, it has a good effect if you learn that, get that knowledge. One of the hard things is they, you got, it's almost impossible to talk about if you're surrounded by either very strict religious people or atheistic agnostic scientists. So both of those styles of thinking, they're really hard to talk to. So the, one of the factors is after you die and come back is you got hardly anybody to talk to. I, I think ions would be a good source for that. I, I'm just lucky I've found a few people to talk to. The other thing I want to say here is there's another kind of experience called the nearing death experience where it happens when the person gets close to dying, they switch into a metaphorical mode that's normal. And they start to speak in metaphors of travel. They start to see spirits in the room. They start to talk to people who, if you're just looking with your eyes, you don't see it. But this is a normal thing. And if you know what the person's doing, you're, they encourage you to go into their experience with them. I'll give an example in a second. And then, uh, but what happens a lot of times is if this, if a person is going into the nearing death experience, if you're with the wrong people in the wrong hospital, not only will you be dying, but then they put you on antipsychotic drugs because they think you're having a psychosis. So the one example uh, is the, the group, there's a group that does work in this and one of them was talking to her friend whose mother actually was dying. And she told her about this, said, yeah, you know, that the person is dying. They're going to see people that you might not see. They're going to start talking about boat rides and train rides and going on a trip or, or maybe a, a big marriage they're going to go to. And she goes, oh, my God, I've been telling my mom there's no train in her room. And so or she said that like the last... The last few days, my mom keeps saying, there's a train in the room. There's a train in the room. I keep telling her, mom, we're in the hospital. There's no train here. And so she said after she learned that, 
the next time her mom said, there's a train in the room, she said she changed her approach. She said, well, who's on that train, mom? She says, oh, my God, there's my mom and my dad. And wow, they're all there. What do you what do you think you should do, mom? Like, I think I'm supposed to get on that train. And she says, well, I don't want to go because I want you to come with me. And the lady's daughter said, well, mom, I promise I'll take another train in a little bit. But I think this train is yours. And so her mom laid back and relaxed. And then in the story in the book, it says, uh, and mom caught the train the next day. So that's another that's another piece of the experience that I think it's important to just know about to make people's lives uh, gentler. So the, there's the near-death experience, and then that's the nearing-death experience. And then we have the life experience. Something we talked about earlier for those that are going through struggles or times that they just feel are unbearable using a word that comes from your, from your website is if you can't be around people because of their own thoughts and their own negativity, nature, anything outside that's nature would be a very good sounding board and healing aspect to take a moment. And even if it's like a a little grasshopper or a little patch of grass or a tree or a bird, any of those will be right there for you until you can get someone to talk to. Yeah, I can. uh, There's an indigenous thing that the soul is safer outside the house. So that's that very thing you said. That's the true thing. You get outside the house and uh, things come to take care of you. Like it might even just be a grasshopper or a a squirrel did something and it changes your whole day. (laughs) (laughs) A squirrel will do that. (laughs) I see them all the time and every single one makes me laugh because they're just so cute. And the way they pose, they go around the tree and then they peek and they let me, I'll start talking to them and they'll hang out there. Let me take pictures. And of course I do. I always ask them first, can I take a picture? All right. And then kind of like reposition position themselves in a better pose every time. It's so much fun. So they'll, they'll delight you too. And I'm going to put this out there for anybody who has any kind of that struggle. You feel like you can't talk to someone. I actually do have a Zoom meetup where we talk about all kinds of topics. And it's a really safe and sacred space where people can come and talk if they have nowhere else. I'll have that information in the show notes too. And it just as a, a way to connect. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes it might just be me, but that's okay. <laughs> You're for sure to get a little bit of humor in the conversation. <laughs> with stone, a little medicine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before we go, I do want to share one more fun story. This is an example for people to know, like sometimes you get information through signs and we're talking yeah. about nature. So I'm going to tell the story about how, Cottonwood met 
Christopher Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That are we are we in that little shed at the John Denver thing? Is that is it that? I love that story. I went to this Windstar Symposium in Ohio, and I only knew one person there. And there were these breakout sessions, and I said, oh, here's this guy who plays a guitar. Well, I'm going to go to that one. And I get there in the little cabin that the gathering would be in was locked. So I was outside, and I'm the only one there. And I noticed all these robins, just so many robins everywhere around the cabin. And so I started talking to them and, you know, I'll say, hi, you guys are so beautiful. And they started talking to me and they were sharing with me how they were the ancestors. So I'm standing there. What? (laughs) (laughs) And, and I thought, okay, so you're the ancestors. So I started talking to them as the ancestors. And then pretty soon the door gets unlocked. People start going in and I go in and I sit down and, here comes this guy with guitar, goes up to the front of the room. First thing he starts talking about are the robins. Did you guys see the robins? They're the ancestors. And if you listen, they will talk with you. I'm like, okay, I need to know this guy. <laughs> and then after, the, after that, uh, people could come over and talk with you, get CDs, that kind of thing. So I got in line and I was there towards the end. And my question was, how does one get where you are? And you saw the tattoo on my arm and you took my arm, turned it up so the tattoo's facing me. And you said, you've already marked yourself. You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) And that weekend, changed the whole direction of my life. That was one piece of it, but that was a big piece. The signs of the robins, if you hear something like that, it's going to lead you to a bigger story. Yes. It's going to lead you to something. And and just pay attention to those things. That gives me the chills. I would say that. Like and then someone's telling you the truth and you feel the chills in your body, like that's that's an affirmation for me. So yes. Yes. Wonderful. Chris, it's been so delightful. It's been so delightful. And folks, go to his website. Information there that holds energy that will be life-changing, just like those robins outside the cabin. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cotton. Uh, Thank you so much. And let's keep those good things going. Chris's website and book references he made in the podcast can be found in the show notes. If you haven't already, subscribe to Quantum Corner on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcast. And I would love if you would share this with your friends. Are you or someone you know turning passions and dreams into reality? Contact me so that we can get you or them on the show. Contact information can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here today. Until next time, savor the joy of each moment.